Life is hectic, so wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with Factor's chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, they've got a variety that fits your lifestyle. Factor has restaurant-quality meals ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. They also have various easy options for the entire day, from breakfast to midday bites, smoothies, and more. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is a nutritious and delicious experience, and it won't break the bank. You can customize your meals by choosing 6 to 18 per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule deliveries anytime to fit your schedule. Factor meals are 100% hassle-free, giving you more time for what matters. Head to factormeals.com slash otherside50 and use the code otherside50 to get 50% off. That's code otherside50 at factormeals.com for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, The Other Side NDE, where we talk about the fascinating phenomena of near-death experiences. These are more than just close calls. These are first-hand accounts of what people experienced dying, leaving the body, exploring another realm, and then returning to their body in order to share that experience with you. Every person that we interview, and many of us listeners, believe these accounts to be undeniably true experiences people had on the other side. If you enjoy listening to stories like these, make sure to check out our YouTube channel, The Other Side NDE, where we post two to three videos every week of people sharing their NDE stories. I'm Deborah Christie Love, and I did have a near-death experience when I was very young. I was almost four years old, and it was during surgery when I had my tonsils out. And back then, they used ether, I guess it was, or chloroform. I remember I was carried in by a doctor and put on the operating table, and he put this, he said, oh, you have a runny nose. He's trying to trick me, I guess. And he put this rag put stuff on it and he put it over my face and then he held me down on the table and this person that I thought was kind of nice just I felt like he was suddenly trying to kill me because I felt like he was suffocating me that part was very scary to me but soon after I remember fighting and kicking and fighting it but then of course just gave in because I started seeing flashes of colors and lights and it almost looked like fireworks I saw like red and blue and green and yellow and so I kind of that took my attention I started watching that and then suddenly I was in this huge white tunnel and it was very bright and I was moving and traveling through this tunnel very quickly and I realized that in the white tunnel there was the light at the end of this tunnel it was so bright and so beautiful and the feelings were overwhelming it was like I wanted to get there more than anything I'd ever felt before. And the more I wanted, felt I wanted to get there, the faster it seemed that I went. Within, I'd say, what felt like maybe a couple minutes of zooming through this tunnel, I got there and I landed in this beautiful white light. And all I could really see was white light all around me at that moment. But the feelings were so overwhelming. It was like... I had felt this love like I'd never felt before. And it almost, as I wrote in my book, it felt like I was naked. I was standing there. And even at that young age, four years old, I felt like every single 
thing of my being, every single molecule of my being was known to this being. And it was like everything. I didn't have to say anything. It was just all known. But it was okay. It was comforting because it was very unconditional love. And I knew instinctively that it didn't matter what anybody that stood in this light had done or not done in their life. Nothing mattered except that you were part of this light. And this light was so loving and it felt like this is all I need. This is all I ever need in life. Um, but I was soon met there with, I felt a couple of guides. They were like kind of iridescent. I could kind of see through them, but I could see their features. And they were with me pretty much the entire time. And it seemed like I even got a lot of past lives that came to me energy-wise. I was there standing in this light and I felt the guides talk to me. It was Everything was telepathic. There was no actual speaking like 3D. And I started getting flashes of energy that showed me like scenes of different places and people and they were very quick like a movie going like really fast through your mind but it felt like there was hundreds of lifetimes and I remember thinking halfway through like who am I because everything I saw and felt felt like it was my experience and part of me and I remember asking in my head okay so who am I and then the answer came back loud and clear and it was you are all of them and I remember thinking, oh, yeah, that makes sense, because it felt like I was all of them. So when that was over, it seemed like that energy just became part of me. I didn't have specific memories or instances, but it was all there so fast, like a download of a computer into my being, I guess. And it was in there somewhere now because it felt like it all had been absorbed. So then the guides were there and I felt like, where am I? This is so amazing and beautiful I didn't want to ever leave it seemed like my life so far that I'd lived in this life had taken some back seat somewhere in my mind because it was nowhere relevant in this scene that I was in and experiencing this love and beauty so I remember asking them felt so good there I met the first thing I kind of asked them was there's nothing bad here is there there's nothing not good here and they said, oh, negativity. No, there's nothing bad here in this realm or dimension or, you know, whatever you want to call it. They were kind of confused at one point and they said, well, we're not sure why you're here and what's going on. So they took me to see someone and I guess I would have to say it was like the Holy Spirit because it was like a presence that was all around us. And they kind of asked, what are we doing here? why is she here so soon kind of thing like maybe I surprised them by showing up this day but they said well give her a tour for now and we'll get back to you kind of thing so I went on this beautiful tour I saw a beautiful garden where the fripping sunflower talked to me in my mind and it was like hi how are you and I remember getting so excited like wow this is really alive like on earth we know flowers are alive but I mean this one was speaking to me and they said well yes everything's alive you'll want to remember that everything is energy and everything is alive then I saw what seemed like a campus there was people walking around everywhere there was colors I hadn't seen before and I asked them why 
don't we have these colors? Why don't I remember this color at home? And they said, because it's such a high vibration, your eyes can't see it there, but you can see it here. And so that made sense as well. But the other thing was that the color made sense. It's like, yeah, that color should be here, but I don't understand why we didn't see it. So it was just a whole remembering, so to speak. There was buildings that looked like they had pillars, white, kind of like you would see in Rome somewhere with just roofs or like pillars with a roof, but not really too many walls. It was very beautiful. At some point, someone came by and it felt like they knew me. As I said, I was in a state of what I would call just being. It was just pure being in the present moment, in the now, in the divine now, because I couldn't really think of future. I really wanted to think of home. I could have brought it up, but I was too immersed in the now, in the, in the love and the feelings of energy there. So this person or energy came by and they kind of were like, what's she doing here? And my guides were quick to say, she can hear you, so don't come too close. I guess, you know, there's not really any keeping secret in that realm because everything's telepathical and, and you feel their feelings. I guess they just didn't want me to be afraid. And then there was a garden I was in and it was beautiful and silent. And we, we kind of talked a little bit there. And I kind of got questioning at that point, you know, am I dead? I was old enough to understand that things died. I had a bird that died or something when I was very young. And they kind of said, well, what do you think? And I said, I don't know. I said, is this heaven? And they said, well, what do you think? And I said, I don't know. I, I wasn't sure at my young age what heaven would be, but I kind of alluded to them that I didn't think heaven would even be this good because I really hadn't thought about it. They said, well, what did you think heaven would be like? And I said, well, that age I was thinking church. I got dragged to church at a very young age and had to sit still and listen and that was totally uh, boring and was no fun. And I said, well, kind of like church because that's somehow connected to God or I was told that. And they said, well, then but that wasn't fun, was it? That wasn't good. I said, well, not really. And they said, well, that wouldn't be heaven then, would it? So I'm like, yeah, I guess that sounds about right. So it was very amazing. I had this huge experience. And then someone else came by and said to me that there's someone really important that wants to meet you. And they said, well, it will take a few minutes for them to, to appear here for you. But as she walked away, I could hear her thoughts say, oh, you're so lucky. And I remember thinking, lucky? Well, I wonder what she's talking about. And the guides also told me I could tune into music. And there was beautiful, if I listened and tuned into it, there was beautiful heavenly music, like a choir. And it was the most incredible experience. It was not like music here where we just hear it. It was music. It went through you and you experience the feelings and emotions and it was like this wave of all-consuming energy that was very intense and i remember at one point okay i'm gonna stop listening now because you almost get overwhelmed with it and i said they said it's always there whenever you want to tune into it you can it's always there for you so that was interesting and before i knew it this huge ball of light came down it was beautiful golden light 
and it was huge. It seemed like about at least six or eight feet wide, maybe. It was very big. It seemed to get bigger the closer it came. And the next thing I know, this beautiful being was in the light in front of me and the ball kind of disappeared, but I saw this beautiful being like a man who looked like a king to me and he had like a beautiful robe on and he was just so powerful and incredibly beautiful and he was so large like to me he looked so large and I immediately was entranced with the energy the vibration alone was entrancing and magnetic and I remember feeling like the energy and the presence was if I could stay here for eternity this is all I would ever need. This was enough. It was so incredibly amazing, this energy of love. And finally, I was inquiring, okay, well, who are you? <laughs> who are you? And he stood up and he said, I am Sanat Kamara. And being a four-year-old Canadian girl, <laughs> I didn't have a clue. That was a name, it wasn't like a, an English common name, like Mike or Peter. Um, I couldn't really understand what he said. So I said, pardon? And he said, I am Sanat Kamara. But when he said, I am Sanat Kamara, it felt like an earthquake. It felt like all of heaven could hear his voice everywhere. It was like it almost shook like a tremor, the vibration of his powerful voice saying, I am Sanat Kumara. And he said it three times in total. And then he kind of realized, well, this isn't getting you too far. I'm your father. I'm your heavenly father. And he sat down on this bench. And I kind of was looking into his eyes standing there. When he sat down, I could see into his eyes. And they were perfectly bright blue. And he had beautiful white blonde hair and a beautiful tan, like I would say, like a Malibu type tan with these beautiful blue eyes and this light blonde hair. And I remember looking at his eyes and it, it looked like there was pools of liquid in his eyes. And I remember thinking to myself, this is the most beautiful being I've ever seen, I've ever looked at in my, ever. And he said, after he said he was my heavenly father, I kind of was sitting on his knee like you would see in pictures, like a father holding you know, a little kid on their knee. And he said, gave me this beautiful message and said that, you know, your life won't always be easy, but you will have help along the way. I remember thinking really at that point that the energy was so overwhelming with this love that feeling that and trying to listen and understand words was almost too much to do at one time but I tried and I understood what he said and when he said that I remember kind of that little bit of memory of something creeping back in that I think I have a father somewhere else back at home and he kind of said yes but I'm your heavenly father reassuringly and he gave me that beautiful message that might not always be easy my life here but and at the time I heard the words, but I don't think I understood that, that he meant he, that I was going back here. <laughs> so then as he got up, it was time for me to go. After this message, he put me down and started to say goodbye. And he said, you might not remember 
all of this, you'll need a trigger. He said, your children will always be looked after. I remember thinking, huh, children, I guess I'm having children someday, you know, didn't mean a lot at that time or that age in my life. And he said, you know, your children will always be looked after. And I, again, didn't equate to a lot in that moment as a four-year-old or in this ever-present state I was in and then he walked away and it was a beautiful amazing experience and then after that I remember seeing my guides were back with me and I felt like I was standing on these bricks and I looked down and they were beautiful gold bricks and it was like wow these look like real gold and I remember bending down and touching them and they said to me yeah they are pure gold and I was just kind of amazed because there was like this huge road. And then when I looked up in the distance, I saw a beautiful castle. And this castle to me looked like what you would see on the, as a Disney castle when you watch that show you know, when I was young. It had a lot of pointy turrets and it looked like it was golden as well. And it was maybe what I would say was close to a mile away, but I could see it maybe half a mile to a mile and I could see the pointed turrets and the beauty of it and I remember thinking oh I want to go there I want to see what's in there and then I heard my guide say to me well that's only for people that are going to stay here and I remember thinking oh, what do you mean <laughs> they said well it's almost time to leave and I remember like leave like no I don't want to go anywhere this this is where I want to be I don't want to ever leave here so I felt like they, at that moment, started trying to convince me because they kind of, I kind of got the feeling that like it had to be my choice. It had to be my decision whether I stayed or left. And so they tried to convince me and I saw like this bubble appear and it was almost like a TV screen, but it was like a bubble. And I could see my mom over my hospital bed and she was crying. And I remember saying, but why is she crying? I'm, I'm fine, I'm right here. Then suddenly I felt her grief. I felt her grieving and it was like, oh, I guess I have to go back instantly because I couldn't allow her to feel that or go through that. And I said, but I didn't understand because I said, I'm fine, I'm here. And they said, yes, but if you stay here, she will have to live the rest of her life without you. And so I knew I had to go back. I really chose to go back for her. And just before I left, I did have someone come to me that knew me in spirit. It was like a soul family member. And she came and she was all bubbly. And she said she was my sister. And I said, you're so lucky. You get to stay here. I have to go back. <laughs> like I was kind of like jealous. <laughs> and she said, yeah, but she said, I came here. They let me come here to tell you that I'm going to meet you at some point when you're old, much older quite a bit older she said I'm going to see you in your life and so that was interesting but I remember thinking all I could think of was you're lucky you get to stay and I have to go so I did wake up in the hospital in the bed and, and my mom was there with tears and I remember when I woke up thinking you know why why are you crying it was kind of like my first thought in your words to her and she said oh don't talk she said you they don't want you to bleed anymore. So I had some hemorrhaging. They had put packing in my throat because it was bleeding pretty badly. And as I was talking to her in that room, in the hospital bed or in the hall or wherever I was, 
it did start to bleed again. I could feel like I was going to choke with it. So she called them in and I remember they took nurses or doctors came in and they took my bed with wheels and they ran it back down the hallway to the operating room again and put me back out to sleep and put in more packing or whatever they did. And I remember my mom saying, well, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And I remember thinking, afraid? Like, what? what is, why would I be afraid? I remember literally feeling like there's the other place, which is way better than here and then this place. So why would I be afraid? And I also felt that she was worried for nothing. I knew that I chose to come back. It was my decision. So there was no questioning in my mind or heart whatsoever that I wasn't going anywhere. I was going to be fine eventually because I chose to come back. There was no two ways about it. So I didn't want her to worry. But as I was in recovery that week in the hospital, I tried to tell my mom and my grandmother, and I guess at one point I had a few people in my room, my grandparents, my parents, and tried to tell them all. And it seemed like the more I tried to bring it up, this beautiful other place, I could almost feel it being taken away from my memory. And she, my mom kind of said, but you've been here the whole time. And that kind of made sense because I was in the hospital where I knew I started out in one way. But my grandmother seemed interested in hearing. And like I said, it just kind of felt deleted. The more I tried to bring it up, the more it went away. But what never went away was that I knew I had gone somewhere. That I knew I tried to tell them about this amazing place. And when I got a little older, I started questioning it more. But I also felt that my guide came to protect me more after that. I remember in recovery at home, he started talking to me very soon after and telling me things and I would know things and try to pass on information to my mom, etc. And it didn't always go over very well. And I didn't know these things were different because I was too young. So the whole experience really did change my life. I guess it was meant to happen. It was to help me on my journey here. But I was always more connected on a subconscious level, even though for years I didn't remember the entire experience I was connected to my guide I knew things had information come to me it was almost like when I was there on the other side and you asked the question before I could even form the question in words in my mind the answer would come loud and clear to me and so for a lot of my life that still continued it wasn't quite as fast or as instant but it would come to me, maybe it'd be through the week or I'd ask a question and a couple of days later it would pop into my mind and it still happens. So I think there is something we can tune into that divine self, that connection that we all have. If we can know it's there and focus on it enough, we have access to, I like to call it the Akashic Record or the Book of Knowledge. And we can ask questions and that information is there. So I do believe that it is possible. I think this experience made my entire life be more connected. I hid it for a long time. I didn't get results I wanted. I got questioned and I didn't like that. 
people didn't understand it. I always felt different. So I learned to shut up and hide it. So overall, I think that this experience was to help me stay connected because I feel I did come here in this lifetime on a mission to help people wake up to the fact that there really isn't death. There is no such thing as death. And people spend way too much time fearing the unknown and fearing death and instead of living in that state, being in that state of divine ever-present now, which I did ask about and they did call it God's eternal now. And today still, for me with people that I talk to, my best advice is to always stay in the present. Enjoy the present moment, stay in the present moment, and don't worry about the past and future near as much as we do. In doing that, we open to being where we're supposed to be and the only place we actually can be. And to be in this place without focusing on being in this place is diluting your experience here. It's diluting the joy and what we can achieve here. So that is one of the, the biggest messages that I'd like to give people and not to fear death or the unknown. Really our creators, we really did decide to come to earth. This place I was, I believe we've all been there before. We were there before we came here, most likely. There are other realms, there are other planets, there are other places to go. But this is, it was a place that felt like home. We'd obviously been there before. I didn't want to leave. We came to Earth for the experience of 3D, for the experience of being here and what we can learn being here that we can bring back there with us. And it's a wonderful experience. Life is a wonderful journey and it's an unending journey. I think really the only thing we cannot do is die. And for some reason, it's the biggest fear people have and it really doesn't make sense to me. So I'd like people to know that the more we can believe in good things, love, kindness, doing the best we can, no matter what, with where we are at any given time, that's all anyone can do. And stop judging ourselves harshly, stop judging others, because you don't know what their journey has been. I also started remembering past lives. I would have instant spontaneous memories of things in past lives. I would meet people and know that I've known them before. And I became a hypnotist to be a past life regressionist and help people to discover their own past lives. We all have that ability to go back in our subconscious memories and see the things that are relevant in this life we're living now. Of course, there's many lives that might not be relevant, but you're going to see things that are relevant to this life. And it can help you. It can help you because we tend to repeat things we didn't get right the first time and decide, well, I think I'll go live something similar again. So it helps you to let go of the past and to understand the present doing these hypnotic regressions. And that makes it easier to be in the present. It helps when you can understand where you're coming from, why you're the way you are. Sometimes it didn't make sense before knowing this. It's all good. It's all very good. And yeah, I just try the best I can to help people know that there is something else. There's always something else. There's no end to, to life. And 
it will be as good as we expect it to be. It will be as good as we make it. We will always be able to call on on the light and the love that's available because really that's really all there is in the end. There is this beautiful light that we're all part of and all connected to. And don't have fear. Live your life and enjoy it. And I will say goodbye. Thank you for listening.